Welcome to the City Point Podcast. For more information, please visit us online at citypoint.tv or our Facebook page, City Point Church. Uh, sack lunches at Westville, and there was a guy going around collecting everybody's uh, peach. There was a peach in there, which I thought was interesting because... Anyway, and I, I asked one of the guys, I go, why is he collecting all those peaches? And, he, and they said, because he's going to make hooch. And I'm like, hooch? And he goes, yeah, because they take that and they have a way of fermenting it. And they ferment it and then they drink it. And, uh, and I go, wow. I go, that's got to be pretty tasty. He goes, no, it's awful, but it will get you a buzz. You know, so people, you know, will drink vinegar if it had given them a buzz. Hello? But what Jesus is teaching us is that, that you know, the, the new wine is really the old wine. Because here's, here's one aspect of, of, of the wine that, that what Israel forgot and what we can forget too. Is that the essence of, of, of this thing that we call salvation isn't just in the rituals and the things that we do. It's in, the, it's in the finding God. It's in the pursuit of God. And so what we're after here as a church is we, we've decided to pursue God. When you look out at our sign there, it's no accident that that says a presence-driven church. We're trying to warn you before you come in. <laughs> it's a nice, subtle way to say, hey, you're coming into a bunch of people who are pursuing God. You say, well, shouldn't that, I mean, shouldn't that be, that should never even need to be stated because what is the church all about? But do you realize how many churches there are that are not pursuing God? I'm not, and that sounds like I'm being critical. I'm not being critical of anyone because I've been a pastor for a long time. And, and I've been a pastor who's went through seasons where I didn't pursue God. I stood up on this platform two years ago and repented to you because I had been pastoring for so long that I was doing it out of my experience. I know how to do this. All of the time, not going hard after God. What was born out of that was Psalm 27, 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. See, there's pastors who want the biggest church in town. There's pastors who want the nicest building in town. There's pastors who want the best worship in town. There's pastors who want this and what they want. They want, they want the best uh, of everything. But what I want is God. And I, and I realized, you know what that means? That means I'm willing to take everything that goes along with it. Because the old wine means that we're going to have to pursue God. Do you know there's a spirit loose today? And I'm, this is not, again, this is not doom and gloom. This is just what the Bible teaches. Can I teach the Bible to you? The Bible says there's a spirit at work in our day, and it's called the spirit of anti-Christ. 
And it's the word, you know, and we think, you know, the, we think of the beat, you know, because some of y'all been, you know, through the whole like Hal Lindsey school of, and all the, all the teaching of the prophecies and, 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 and can I just tell you, you know, most of you got it all wrong anyway, so just put it aside. No, that's, I, that's why God gives a space of about, a, what does it say, about a half hour in heaven of silence when we get there. And that's so we can all get our, our prophetic understanding straightened out and realize, wow, none of that worked out the way I thought it was. So anyway, <laughs> where was I? I don't know. I'm messing with you now because you're going, what do you mean I got it all wrong? I've read the whole, I've read the whole Left Behind series. God help you. You say, Pastor Mike, don't you believe Jesus is coming? I believe it with all of my heart. But we have it so neatly packaged and presented, and we've put ourselves in a very safe place with it. And I just don't think it's going to quite pan out that way. The church was never birthed and positioned to be in a place where, where we are isolated from the things around us. <laughs> We're salt. And what, salt, what is salt for? It's to get out of the shaker and influence what's around you. And while the church is hiding and waiting for the rapture, Jesus is saying, get up and get out. Work while it's night for the day cometh, or while it's day for the night cometh when no man can work. Yeah, but there's all that mess out there. Yeah, that's what Jesus came for. He came for the sick. The whole don't need a physician. And so churches have insulated themselves behind their walls and they keep their nice little things going. You know, I actually know, I have, I have a couple of friends. You know, I, I grew up in, and I was a, I, this is how old I am, okay, I know. Don't tell, you don't have to remind me. But I was a youth leader at one time. Don't you laugh. <laughs> I was a youth leader. And I was going around the state. Then I became a state youth director. And I had all these churches, youth groups I was overseeing. And, and for the denomination I was preaching in, it was all, I, had, I had a blast. I was pouring into youth leaders and, you know, and I was like, I just foot loose and fancy free and spend a few days here, spend a day here, bouncing around and never had to like stay <laughs> and face the consequences of what I was telling them to do. <laughs> so so I, I met this guy, he was like fired up, man. He was just fired up and I was young and crazy. I've told you some of my stories. I'd just do anything, try anything, push the limits, push the envelopes, just trying to get young people to the gospel and new things introduced because I was a part of a denomination that was really stuck in tradition. I mean, they were really stuck in tradition. You know, it was the kind of thing where, you know, they said, we don't need that. We've been doing it this way for 40 years. Yeah, well, look around. There's no young people. 
Yeah, but I've been in the way for 50 years. I said, that's the problem. You're in the way. Get out of the way. I mean, that's the kind of discussions I would have with old people when I was in my 20s. I wasn't really well liked among them. But, but uh, and then, then just think what happened when I started pastor at 24. <laughs> so anyway, this guy got all fired up, man. And he just decided, you know what? He had, they had this church, it was an old church, you know, with old, a lot of old tradition, a whole deacon thing going. And he got fired up. He decided, I'm going to go where the young people are. He went down to the bowling alleys, the movie theaters, the pool halls, everywhere young people were gathering, everywhere their tradition told them they needed to stay away from. And he's witnessing, and he's praying for kids, and he's just loving on them and buying them an ice cream and sitting with them and talking with them. All of a sudden, these kids start getting saved. And this youth group goes from like 10 kids, because they were all 10 really good, you know, the, the good kind of church kids. They were like the parents of the deacons and stuff, so, so they, all their sin was hidden. Anyway, um, so then it gets, these kids start going to their friends, and a couple of really rough Gang members get saved. Hello? And this, this youth group's in revival. And this youth leader's like calling me, going, man, you got to come down here. You got to see what's going on here. And I'm just stoking the fire for him. I said, yeah, man, this is awesome. Here's, here, let's do this. And we're, you know, going at it. And all of a sudden, this youth group's growing but the, the, the elders of the church got together and got mad and told the pastor, you got to get rid of this youth leader. And he's like, why do I got to get rid of this youth leader? This group went from 10 to 35 kids and these kids are getting saved. Have you been here on a, on a youth night when they start worshiping and they start coming to the altar and God starts moving? No, I, they, they, nah, they had never been to that. They didn't care. You know what they were upset about? That unseemly kids were coming to the church and sitting with their kids. And guess what they did? They fired him. Because after all, we don't want none of that new wine around here. What's wrong with what we've been doing? We're not reaching anybody. Nobody's getting discipled. Nobody's getting changed. But we like what we're doing here. It's safe. Y'all know I hate that. I hate that. I told somebody the other day, they, I said, you know, if you're going to come to this church, what you're going to find is a mess. I'm not blowing smoke up anybody's skirt. Oh, we got the best thing going, man. These people, they're just perfect. Y'all ain't perfect. Some days y'all drive me right up a wall. 
and I'm left on my, I'm going on my desk, I'm beating my head going, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And then I say, oh God, just keep sending them. Keep sending the broken. Keep sending the lost. Keep sending the ones who don't understand. I'll just keep preaching Jesus. We'll keep We'll keep going the way we've been going. We'll keep visiting the places nobody wants to go. We'll keep preaching in the places nobody wants to preach. We'll keep loving people nobody wants because I'm not looking for all the uppity do. I'm looking for the down and the outer and the person who's hurting because that's what God is up to today. And that's what we're doing. That's what our youth group, you know, people get all upset about some of the things, you know, they went to winter ramp, went ramp and they come back all fired up and, and then they get radically saved and they start walking it out and people get nervous. I go, my God, are they going to get fanatic? No, they're not fanatic. They're trying to chase Jesus. Leave them alone. Maybe if you would do some of that, you'd have a different approach. Did I say that? So this new move of God was going to return us to old paths. That's really, now look, get, write this down. You need, you listen to me. I'm prophesying to you. This new move of God that has begun this year, 2019, something shifted. I mean, I've told you last week, y'all shouted last week. Y'all ain't shouting this week yet. I told you something shifted and, and something shifted because this, this new move of God is taking us back to old paths. I'm not talking about legalism and all that. I've been there. I've done, I've done that. I know all about that. I'm not talking about trapping people in a bunch of rules and regulations. I'm talking about people getting encountered by God and completely overtaken by the Holy Spirit. And when you do, man, it starts, it starts working out of you in ways that seem to take you back to some old past. You know, I know I'm, I tell people I'm old school because I am. I'm, you know, I'll be 63 in a few weeks. I'll be 63 in a few weeks. So I've been around. I've been, I'm, I'm coming into like 40 years of this, of ministry and stuff. And I've been, I've been through a lot of cycles and been through all kinds of transitions and I can tell you there's one passion of my heart that's gripped me that I can't sleep at night some nights because I'm just wrestling in my spirit because there is a pull to go back to to certain places that are comfortable and and that you know that you can function it well in because they, there's, there's, a, there's a safety net around you. But once you start chasing after God, once you start trusting in the Lord with all your heart and leaning not to your own understanding, man, there's things that start, you're, you're like, am I going the right way, Lord? Am I doing the right thing here? Is this the right way to go at this? And God just keeps assuring me, my, keep chasing me, keep pursuing me. We've, we've chased a lot of things over a lot of years in the church. It's time to chase Jesus and give him the preeminence that he deserves. It's time the church become the place where you go not to find entertainment, not to be entertained. It's the place you go to find God because you're hungry for God. You're desperate for God. You're looking for God. You're, you're seeking God, not the, new, the newest, latest fad. And so that's my passion 
do I, I, I don't have it all together. You're looking at a man that's, I, who I can say I've been here, but, but I've never really been here. Because I'm willing to risk everything to go after him. And I think that's what the Acts, whole Acts thing is. When you read Acts chapter 2, you read of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that completely set the church in a whole different direction, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that took the church down a different path than it had ever been or would ever be and make it distinct from any other uh, religion or uh, any other movement that had ever been because now it belongs to the Holy Spirit. And as long as the church is pursuing God and seeking the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit leads them. When the Acts 2 outpouring comes, when you yield over and give way to the Holy Spirit, suddenly church growth happens. It didn't come from some slick gimmick or marketing program. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost meant that thousands... Uh, uh, help me, 3,000, get this, 3,000 people got saved and baptized. How'd you like that, Paul? How many more of these we got? 2,995. Come on. And there, 3,000 were added to the church in one day. And this thing is live and it's launched and it's, and it's moving and the, the Holy Spirit is, is, is just got a hold of people. Come on, Holy Spirit, one more time. Thousands are impacted. Now, you know, every time there's a movement in the spiritual realm, there's a reaction in the demonic realm. You didn't think Satan was just going to lay down, did you? So you read in Acts chapter 4 that a persecution breaks out because they arrest uh, Peter and John and they find that there's a lot of people that really like this and are really excited the fact that they got arrested and they saw it pleased a lot of people. And so now this launches a newfound persecution, but they don't know what to do because this new movement, they, they're looking at it like, well, the, well, I mean, they're a bunch of ignorant, unlearned men. That's what they said. You're a bunch of ignorant and unlearned men. Hallelujah. There's still hope for me. You're a bunch of, and, and so Gamil gets up and he says, well, let me tell you something about this, men. If you kill them and you, you stop this, you could be stopping and getting in the middle of what God's doing. If it's not of God, just leave it alone. It'll come to nothing. That's kind of a really good advice for us when it comes to pretty much anything anyway. You know, God didn't call us to be against things. He called us to be for something, before him, before the gospel, before the truth. Because whatever is not of God, it's not going to come to anything. I'm not going to build my ministry about what I'm against. So they threaten Peter and John. They give them a little beating, and they send them home. They get back among the people. When they get back together, they get in a little prayer meeting with their little church. How many of you know prayer meetings aren't important? Yeah, I know I wouldn't raise my hand either. Y'all ain't showed up for one in weeks. <laughs> and so, <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. It's too easy. So they have this little prayer meeting. 
And uh, they, here's what they pray to. It's really cool. You should read this today. You should really get out the book of Acts. Check it out. And they say, Lord, grant thy service boldness to preach and teach. They were just told not to preach or teach in the name of Jesus. Lord, give us boldness to preach and teach in the name of Jesus. And suddenly the whole place was shaken. Why? Because heaven was in alignment and agreement with earth. Earth was praying something that touched the heart of heaven, and the heart of heaven was touching that place on earth, and the place began to be shaken, and the Holy Spirit fell on everybody, and they went out, and they just began to minister. More people got saved. More people were getting saved. The Word of God was going forth. Then in Acts 5, there's some inner, inward corruption. Ananias and Survivor bring an offering to the apostles, lay it at their feet. And, and, and they, they, they held back a piece of it, which is really interesting because they didn't have to do anything, but, they, but what they did is they tried to fake it. <laughs> and they, and, and now here's a church service for you. They come in, or she comes in, or no, he comes in. He offers this up, and he drops dead. She comes in, she says, behold the feet of them that took your husband out, they're right here, boom, she drops dead. How do you know that's kind of a, that's a different kind of church service right there. <laughs> but see, because, because the purity and the power that was at work, God was sending a message, don't trifle with this, don't trifle with this. And so, you know, Acts 5 happens with Ananias and Sapphira. Then it says, fear came upon all of them, and the Lord added to the church more. <laughs> Acts 6 comes along. Now there's a breakout of strife inside the church. Because the, the widows, they said, were being neglected in the daily ministration or in the passing out of food and necessities. They were being neglected, and they brought it to the apostles and said, y'all ain't operating right, so-and-so, God help, and they didn't, and they're making accusation, and strife is breaking out, and they call, the, they call everybody together, and they have a prayer meeting. Folks, this is the early church. When things go awry, we, we, should, we should call a prayer meeting, come, hey, what are we going to do? Let's seek God over this. People do feel like they're being neglected. So what are we going to do about this? They have this prayer meeting. Uh, Peter stands up and he says, well, let's do this. Let's point seven men who are full of faith and full of wisdom and full of the Holy Ghost to administer to these tables. They were, they were going to be, they were going to be guys handing out bread, but the qualifications for them to hand out bread meant they had to be full of the Holy Ghost and faith. We're praying, oh God, send me anything that can breathe with two legs and we'll take them. Stephen was one of those deacons. That's what a deacon is. You know what a deacon is? Yeah, a deacon is what runs the church. No, a deacon in the Bible is someone who serves tables. You know, we have a deacon in this church that's never been officially titled. His name's John Stankovich. He operates like a servant. No, that doesn't fit into the, the way we've interpreted, you know, what a, a, a deacon is. And that's why most of our deacons t 
Don't deke. I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there. I, I'm going to get in trouble over this sermon already anyway. It doesn't matter. I'm already way in over my head. This breaks out. They appoint seven men. Man, it, it, here's what Acts 6-7 says. And the word of God grew and was multiplied. Why? Because Peter had enough sense to stand up and say, it's not good that we should give ourselves to this thing, but appoint these seven men who will attend to it, for we shall give ourselves to the word of God and to prayer. And then the word of God grew and multiplied, and many were added to the church. You see, are you with me this morning? What's happening? The glory of God is arising, it's shining on the church. It's dealing with all the problems, all the strife, all the complaining. You know, here's the thing. I'm, I'm not, can I tell you, I didn't break it, and I'm not responsible to fix it. You ever go in a store and says, you broke it, you buy it? I didn't break it, and I ain't buying it. I'm going to keep praying, studying God's word. Leaning into the Holy Spirit and his leading and his guiding. And I believe the glory of God is going to show up like he did in Acts 6 and 7. Acts chapter 6 verse 7. And that the word of God is starting to increase and multiply and grow. This is actually breaking loose in people. People are actually getting a hold of this. That's why you do not want to miss the emotionally healthy discipleship that starts next Sunday night. You know why? Because through this, through this eight weeks... God is literally going to open up doors for people to get breakthrough that have, you have been struggling with things for years, and this is going to be your breakthrough. This is going to be the thing. Why? Not because of the program, not because I found a good book. It's because God spoke to me, and he said, Mike, what are we going to do? He, no, he, what are we going to do about this? And I said, well, the only thing we can really do is pray and seek you, God, and get into your book and let your book get into us. And when your word is something that we don't just read as some cute little devotion, devotion, but instead we let the word of God read us, search us, try us, shake us, refine us, change us, transform us. Things will change around us because something's going to change in us. Thank you for listening to the City Point Podcast. For more information, please visit us online at citypoint.tv or our Facebook page, City Point Church.